It's time to get your morning started with the news you need to know. News update. This is what's trending with DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. It's the screen from Draymond feeding it open. Clay Thompson, left wing three is good. He is detonating on Utah tonight. Three of five from downtown, 17 points in 10 minutes for Clay Thompson. Back to the basket. Clay gets it from Kaminga, fires a three, hits another one. Oh, Clay Thompson, seven of 11 from downtown. He's got 35. Pass intercepted by Keontae. Push it to Lowry for three. Ball is in the hands of Chris Dunn. It's to Sexton in the corner. He gets a look for three. He missed it. He got a wide open right side three ball look, and he missed it. That's not fair. On a night of electric three-point shooting, that's supposed to go in. But it didn't, and the Jazz lose again. Their fourth straight loss. The Warriors beat them 141-37. It's easy to look at the end of the game and say they lost it there, and I suppose they did because it would have been in overtime if that shot had gone in. But PK, 84 points allowed in the first half. Horrific. If we're going to lower the bar, though, at least in this loss, they were competing at the end of the game, and they fought back. They didn't roll over, but mistakes were made early and often, and they dug a massive hole. They were down 18 going to the fourth quarter. That didn't have to happen, but it did, and they paid for it. Yeah, 84. Wow, that's a startling <laughs> number to be able to allow another team to score that many points. And then the Clay Thompson third quarter show. Yeah. He's my my nominee, my winner for sixth man of the year. I know he only has one game, but so what? What a game. <laughs> now you've done it, Clay. Now you have to stay on the bench. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you, man? He, I mean, obviously, he found a shooting touch there. That third quarter was uh, it was electric. The whole, I mean, Not the whole game, because 84 points is an astounding number. And the Jazz, what, were 71. So, yeah. I mean, the Jazz offense obviously has been pretty good. They've got to work on the defense. Uh, and the, thir- uh, the, the fourth quarter, I was... So entertained because I think that was two punch drunk teams playing the night before the Warriors getting in at two in the morning, whatever it was. I thought it was like uh, who who can muster up enough energy to compete? It looked like the Warriors were just totally dead in the water there. Their legs were rubberized and obviously Curry did not have a good shooting game. But they had other guys make up the difference and the Jazz battled, you know, I mean, at least it's better than what we've been seeing the last three games, they, they came out there. They, It was highly entertaining. From a fan perspective, it was like the Rose Bowl. Your team didn't win, but wow, what a game. High scoring. I'm wondering if the starting backcourt, that was the highest point total ever by a Jazz starting backcourt, where they have 68. Yep. I mean, those two guys really had it going on. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Keontae George like, okay, I got it tonight, man. I know I'm a rook, but so what? I I'm really feeling feel it. it. Yep. Yeah, and that's something that you can really build upon. And Sexton seems like he's one of the more confident guys ever. <laughs> Not just in the league, but ever. You know, the way he was doing his thing and and I liked it in a in a coming upon a car crash scene of Collins practically crying on that turnover. Have it mean something. He made a mistake. 
uh, it's not like that mistake was the only mistake made. It was a crucial time. I get it. But I like that it really bothered him, and I want them to care. I mean, otherwise he played well. At least what we're looking at can provide some momentum going into the break. Yes, it is a low bar, but I agree with you. At least they competed, and the message is uh, you can fight back. Bad things happen. That was a horrific, just a horrific. They gave up 48 points in the second quarter. This is a horrific quarter, but at least you fought back from it. And so it was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. It was. You don't have to just and now win. you're going to have five days off or whatever it is, and when you come back and you integrate Otto Porter into the lineup, all i got to say is two words, look out. That auto be good. Is that what you're saying? I mean, Otto, when Otto comes in and he gets himself in shape, he's a lockdown defender and an elite scorer. You mark my words, Otto Porter. Walker Kessler and Keontae George are headed for the NBA Rising Stars Challenge. That is tonight in Indianapolis. A little four-team mini tournament, 7 o'clock on TNT. Everybody else scatters to the four winds. Go home, go to the beach, go to wherever. And they'll be back next uh, Thursday. Is it marketing in the three-point shooting? Oh, he did get added. Yes, you're right. You're right. So he has to go. That will be Saturday. So he's got uh, he's got a travel day. Kessler and Keontae George, <laughs> right back at it tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Williams ahead for Aldama. Lobs for Zaire Williams. High into the night and bring him down a two-handed jam. Alley-oop, Aldama to Zaire Williams. Ant with it up top. Ibu Baji. He's got the difficult challenge of trying to slow down again. Off to Monte Morris back up top. It is Ant straight away on the three and he drains it. 34 for Ant. He has feasted against the Blazers in this two-game series. Anthony Edwards finishes with 34 points. The Timberwolves blow out the Blazers, 128-91. to And the only other game in the NBA last night, the Grizzlies in Memphis stunned the Bucs, 113-110. to Zaire Williams, 27 points in that game. Well, if I'm the Bucs, I can Glenn and bring back Budenholzer. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just spin that, mer- spin that merry-go-round as fast as possible. I mean, come on, man. It's Three not, and seven? It's not happening. And he was pretty critical. We had guys, uh, what, what was the phrase he used? Cabo. Uh, Cabo, yes. I was trying. I was going to say Cancun. I knew that was wrong. Uh, yeah, guys were already uh, checked out and headed for Cabo. And it's a uh, it's a brutal run here for them. Uh, but maybe they'll come out of it on the other side of uh, the break and play better. Back-to-back losses to end it. And what was it you said? Seven out of ten? I think he's three and seven is his record since he took over. The Clippers find uh, Clippers forward P.J. Tucker was fined $75,000 by the NBA for what the league described as public comments expressing a desire to be traded. Tucker has expressed frustration with his lack of a role with the Clippers on multiple occasions after being part of the James Harden deal. Tucker played just 12 games before being benched by Ty Lue. He last played November 27th. The league find a guy that that's I don't remember that happening before because you want to be traded. If a team were upset with a player, I get it. The league that one struck me as weird. Okay. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Long rebound dug up by Gabby Marshall. Scoops a pass to Clark. Logo three. Got it. 
22 is now number one. Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. Deep, deep three to set the record as she goes off for a career-high 49 points. And Caitlin Clark also had 13 assists, and Iowa beat Michigan 106-89. You want a show, you want entertainment, she'll shoot it from anywhere, she'll make it, and the record-breaking shot just showed us what we've seen uh, so many times before. That was deep, BK. This morning I got up earlier than usual and went on the Iowa site and ordered a Caitlin Clark jersey. Just making that up? No. Hey, I've been on this gal and her greatness for two years now. 100%, but I, uh, you getting up early and ordering in Iowa. You're, you're cap guy. If you had said cap, I would have believed you 100%, but you're not really jersey guy. I got a few jerseys. I got a Mimito Kerr jersey. I got a Derek Jeter jersey. My wife, during the Super Bowl, she wore a Larry Fitzgerald jersey jersey i'd be more into jerseys if they weren't so freaking expensive Expensive, exactly <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> but the occur one i got after he was done the the Derek jeter one i got at uh, the angels stadium and it was the all-star remember the angels had it the mm-hmm. all-star game there and so we went when we we're going down for fact Travel media uh after like a couple weeks after so they were all greatly reduced so you could pick up uh, a few uh, after things happen, after they get traded and occur, he obviously retired and all that stuff. But she's just an amazing player, and that was so fitting, that shot. It was like the most fitting record set in basketball since Abdul-Jabbar in Vegas with the hook shot. The signature move, remind us how you got there. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? That's You're, you, you're just barely getting across half court. I'm open. Swish. <laughs> Boom. An incredible player. If you're not entertained by her, something's wrong with then you. Then you don't like basketball. So next up, she has the NCAA Division One record now, but there are two women who scored more points in college basketball in the pre-NCA era, which was, right. I think, 82. So Lynette Woodard, who was famous because she played with the Globetrotters sure. also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was a University of Kansas star. So she's yeah, at yeah, 3,649 yeah. points. And so Caitlin Clark ought to get there. I was going to say in another, uh, I don't know, five or six games. But if she's going to put 49-point games up, it's going to happen a lot faster. Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And then beyond that, uh, I remember Lynette Woodard, but I don't remember Pearl Monroe of Francis Marion, who scored 4,061 points. Uh, His brother, uh, Earl? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Earl. Her brother, I mean? Come on. No. No, I don't remember that. That's a, that's a But a you nice remember name. Lynette Woodard. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember more for the Globetrotters, but right. I mean, I knew of the name. Right. Well, games weren't on TV. You didn't sit around and watch Kansas basketball. I mean, that was a different era. That wasn't happening. I was reading a thing just the other day of the, you know, who's the greatest women's all, all-time player, and two players that I saw personally when I was in the L.A. area, Cheryl Miller and then Lisa Leslie. I was working the desk, and I did Daily Breeze. That we get a we get a prep phone call around nine o'clock, and we had to redo the whole page because Leslie poured in 105 points, and it was no longer on the back page. We moved it to the front. <laughs> she went to a Morningside there in Inglewood. Uh, Other college basketball stories: the Utes. They remain winless on the road in Pac-12, a perfectly winnable game against USC. They couldn't do it. They dug an early hole. I thought, watching the start of that game, terrible shot selection. Just 
casting the ball up there, hoping it would go in and taking contested threes. And they dug an early hole. They fought back and took the lead in the second half and played better, but it wasn't enough, and they lose 68-64 at USC. USC climbs out of the cellar into 11th place with that win. They're now a game in front of Oregon State. That was a high-quality game. The Utes shot 36%, 19% from three. The uh, Trojans, 40%, 20% from three. They added to Trojans to prove they can't shoot. 61% from the line. I know some people were complaining about the free throws or the refereeing, but the Utes actually shot three more, so shut up. Uh, and yeah, those, at this point, you might as well just go. Be perfect at home. Well, you can't. I guess you can't be perfect at home anymore. Uh so make it make it symmetrical. Still find a way to get one road win. I don't think it'll be Sunday because they're going up against a hot team that's won six in a row and eight out of nine. UCLA won again. They beat Colorado last night. Utah will be at UCLA to about 5 o'clock Sunday on FS1. But I thought they would beat ASU, and they didn't. So now watch them beat the Bruins. What do I know? Dylan Jones, a couple of late free throws in Weber State, rally to beat Idaho 70-69. to they, they are able to get that victory. Tomorrow, BYU's on the road at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, 2-9 in the Big 12, last place. That game's at noon on ESPN+. It's got W written all over it, PK. Must get the W. I, yeah, I don't think it's a must-get a win, though. Uh, I would disagree with that. Uh, but it would certainly be nice, and it would buy you uh, some what's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't think of the word right now. But it would buy you some wiggle room, I guess, in case you lost a game that you thought you might be able to win. Uh, but I don't know that there's any really any game that you thought you might be in the begin would win this would probably be the most likely Oklahoma State's coach the other day I think it was yesterday was pretty much whining about the NIL and how it was much uh, harder to recruit a player back just a few years ago you had to work 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 now you just have to pay 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 okay I will take must off the table because obviously they can lose this game and still make the NCAA tournament but should win need to win I think the only game that's on paper you never know when someone's going to come out and start firing threes from all over the right, place and be right. hot. Especially on, in this conference. But on paper, the only game that's easier than this would be Oklahoma State at home. And they're going to play the last place team twice. This is it. So go get it. It's just on the road. We saw freaking UCF beat Kansas. I mean, yeah. And I realize uh, they have a better record than the Cowboys, but still. Well, and nothing explains the power of the home court better than watching the Utes this season. I mean, they just can't get it done on the road, and they keep doing it at home. With the exception of Arizona, and even that was triple overtime. Triple overtime. And it's the same team, but the venue is mattering that much. Right. Utah State's on the road. They're at Colorado State, 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. Scotty G will be on the air at 3 o'clock with the call on the zone tomorrow. The Aggies, 9-3, and three, all alone in first place. CSU, 7-5, can tighten up the race. Everybody in the, league's rooting for, everybody in the league's rooting for the Rams to tighten that thing up tomorrow. Except for the Aggies. Except for the Aggies. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I wasn't listening to those guys because they they really turned me off, I have to tell you. I'd rather... <laughs> they do. They turn me off. I listened at the end of the game, and I listened to Tony Romo ruin the moment. Just shut up 
and let us savor the moment. Just be quiet. Nance had already said jackpot. You know, like he had already said that's that should have been the end of the conversion. I don't need to hear your analysis of what just happened. I just watched it. I want to watch the moment. I want to enjoy the moment as a sports fan. Well, Charlie Weiss is right from the broadcasting perspective. You're supposed to, quote unquote, lay out in the moment and let the players celebrate and let the crowd cheer. And you can run a replay later and explain why the play worked. That doesn't have to be done right then. But man, where's Charlie been? We haven't heard from him in a while. There's plenty of uh, plenty of fans at different schools who'd like to say, Charlie, you ruined plenty of moments. What are you doing? Well, if you want to know why he's irritated, yeah, he's a Jersey native. <clears throat> He lives in a constant state of irritation. <laughs> he, That's his jerseyness. He got his start in the in, in Booton, which is right, literally, literally right next door to Persephone. So those guys are, they're they're always irritated. I, I mean, I just, I guess announcers can annoy you, but I just, I just listen right through it. Turn the sound down then, if that if it's that big of a deal, right, Yock? Come on, Yak. Godless Yak. I don't know what you said. You only said that to BK. (laughs) You could have said it to me, too. I knew you wouldn't say it on the air. So now Yak's reporting what he said is don't drag me into this. But yes, when when Yak has been irritated, we know he turns down the sound. Well, can't you just do that? You can. Absolutely, you can. I honestly don't remember anything they said. They're, they're games I have to watch, obviously, right? The local teams are playing. And they're games that I still need to watch to know what's going on. But we're not going to break down play-by-play, play, you know. But it could be a team playing that impacts the local teams. And I've been at home, and I told my wife, no, go ahead, tell me whatever about whatever's going on, whatever. The game's going to be on, and my eyes may go to it, but I'm listening to you. The sound is down. I don't need to hear what they say about this. You can watch a game with the sound down and still track it. Especially now, they have all the graphics up, down and distance, and the shot clock's on the screen, and it's all there. You can follow a lot of it. So basically, your job is irrelevant. Sometimes I've thought that, honestly. <laughs> well, on the TV side, not on the radio side, but yes. Well, duh. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm not doing TV play-by-play anymore, and for a while I was. And when, you will when again. I was, Hold when on. I was figuring out, well, probably when I was figuring out what to do, him. when I figured out what to do, I was like, you got to minimize this. I mean, most of it, I'm just telling people what they can see. What if do they really not know? With your back room maneuvering like you did with the soccer, yeah, you'll get another one. Yeah, that's not how it works. But that's a good theory. <laughs> I only know what I heard. Yeah, you know, you heard from someone so <laughs> super bitter. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I spelled the timeline out for you, and you're like, yeah, that doesn't add up. I'm like, I know. I, I only know what I heard, man. Uh, Don't blame me. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, DJ PK. Let's, uh, have we got any more uh, football we want to yeah. get to here? Oh, you got one other thing. Oh, uh, Geno, Geno Smith, Smith, who has a $12.7 million uh, payday on his contract that's said to be fully guaranteed today, was informed... He will remain on the roster and collect the guarantee. Do you get a better phone call than that? Uh, by the way, we are keeping you. You're getting that money. That's pretty sweet for Good Gino. for him. I mean, he bounced around. He's one of the guys who went into New York, took a ton of heat. He went to Seattle. He got him to the playoffs one year, and he got him down to the last week of the season. It's like if you're not a Hall of Fame quarterback, 
Can you still be a good quarterback in the league? He's a B or a B minus. But sometimes those guys get talked about like they're an F. They're a total failure. Useless. DJ PK. Hashtag college football. LSU freshman running back Trey Ollie turned himself in to the Union Parish Sheriff's Office yesterday and faces a charge of attempted second-degree murder. It's one of three felony charges he's facing tied to a shooting last week in Farmerville, Louisiana. He's being held on $512,000 bond and has been suspended indefinitely. Duh. Georgia's state coach Sean Elliott abruptly left the program. He's led for seven seasons after agreeing to return to join the South Carolina staff as tight ends coach. Elliott told ESPN, This was not a professional move, but a personal move. We've made it work for seven years with my family still living in Columbia, South Carolina, and I even thought about not coaching this year. I promised my daughter I would be there for a senior year of high school, and when this opportunity came up to go back to South Carolina coach again, it was, something, it was, not, it was something I could not pass up. I've always loved South Carolina. Seven years away from your family to coach football. Seems like a long time. We hear a lot of horror stories in coaching. People moving around. Kids separated or parents separated from their kids. Well, I guess that separates the kids from the parents as well. They're also I mean, two days into spring camp here. Yeah. I mean, I get it. That's rough for Georgia State. But, man, PK, you've talked to coaches about this in depth. The, the personal price to pursue the career and the dream, it, it can be hard. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's really no different. My father-in-law, uh, he worked for the airline company He's in, when my wife was in high school, and they closed the office in Arizona, and he had two choices. Well, three, I guess, would be quit. Uh, either go to Los Angeles or Dallas. So, And she's told me about it a million times, how hard it was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> what, what, what can you say? Right. What, what are you going to do? Yep. Well, in Sean Elliott's case, he's going to go coach tight ends. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, in one lifetime. Um, I have been open with them about the fact that this is going to be my last term. You know, I said it before to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that. That's Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. He has done the math and has decided he is going to wrap it up when his term expires in January of 2029. He replaced Bud Selig in 2015. He's done two five-year terms. This will be his third. And PK, how does this apply locally? He's talked about what expansion takes, and the commissioner has got a lead on this. Now, there's usually an expansion committee, and there's owners with strong thoughts. So it's not like everything rests on him. I'd be surprised. But at the same time, he's an important piece of the expansion puzzle. I don't know that the timeline will or won't change, but for everybody who's interested in, in Utah getting an expansion team, this could be significant. And maybe it's not. Maybe it just keeps rolling, but it seems like an unknown when he throws this out there. That's yeah, five years away, though. They, they'll have it solved. They could. I, yeah. I, I kind of chuckled to myself, man, who gives a five-year notice? Yeah, Rob Manfred. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm going to retire in five years. and I mean, you can have a personal plan, but you give a five-year notice? That seems a long ways away. Former, uh, it is, and everybody gets to change their mind, so who's to say, right? Well, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. When I'm 70, I'm going to retire. 
Okay. And that's longer than five years. And will you change your mind and retire before then? No. I'll will you change your mind and up. take one more contract? Is Rob Manfred yeah, going to come along in 28 and go, you know what? I will take one more deal. I'm telling you right now, when I'm 75, I'm going to retire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Former Major League Baseball outfielder Lenny Dykstra had a stroke this week. He is recovering at the UCLA Medical Center. His former Met teammates, Daryl Strawberry and Kevin Mitchell, bringing everyone up to date on Dykstra's condition. I saw that. Apparently, Mitchell uh, and uh, Strawberry are still tight with him. Yeah. It's kind of cool. There is what is trending. Coming up, David Locke, Radio Voice of the Jazz, is going to be here at 8 o'clock. We'll talk with him about the game last night. The question of the day is next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone.